Hello, and welcome to a cold and snowy episode of Criterion. Close up. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> did I sound cold? I think so. Yeah. Either okay. either that or really scared, like like you were in. Um, oh, what's the you know the. the yeah, the Alpine anyway. <laughs> Majev. Uh, no, I, I was thinking. I was thinking of the um, the Blair Witch Project. That's the one I was thinking of. Oh no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I, I am a little scared though. So uh, be easy on me. <laughs> scared to podcast. That's right. Uh, we're here on episode number forty-seven. Unfortunately, not live anymore, Aaron. Well, we're, we were never live. Uh, right. I mean, we we are again. We're alive. Right. Physically but, alive, but uh, we're not but skyping instead of uh, talking to each other face to face, side by side. We are six, six, fifteen, sixteen hours away again. Uh, mm-hmm. We're a long, long drive from each other now. Yeah. So, um, so get in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way. I'll see if I can Skype on the way. So, yeah, it, it yeah. feels like we're kind of back in the the chair, though. I mean, this is how this is what we're used to. This is what we do. Yeah. This so. is a uh, this is a uh, close up. So close up <laughs> is far away. <laughs> how about that? That's right. The magic of Skype, but uh, we're here at Criterion Close-Up, episode 47 for uh, Downhill Racer, uh, the Michael Ritchie film, of course, starring Robert Redford. But uh, before we talk about a Criterion release, as we want to do, well, we wanted to give some short takes, just some movies that we've been we've seen recently. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll turn it to you first, Aaron. Uh, what uh, what did you watch? Oh, pressure. Um, well, I watched a couple things. Of course, as you know, I just got back in town from vacation. So, uh, yeah. uh, I, I, but I, I did manage to watch a, a couple things in the, the weekend after my, my rest and relaxation re- weekend. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll start with uh, The Secret in Their Eyes. Uh, that is, uh, that, I believe that's Argentinian uh, from 2009. Uh, it's been remade. I haven't seen the remake. I'm not sure I want to. Yeah, I haven't heard good things. H- haven't, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it is an Arge- Argentinian and Spanish production. Uh, it is El Secreto de Sus Ojos. Wow, that was amazing. I, I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for the nice lie. Um, so anyway, it's a, a very uh, well-acclaimed movie. Uh, it's one I've wanted to see for a long time, just hadn't gotten around to it. I actually picked this uh, Blu-ray up in Canada for at the HMV for, I think, Ten dollars or Canada, nice. Ten dollars Canadian, so that's what like seven, eight American. So a uh, pretty good deal. Uh, I'm yeah. glad I got it. It's a, it's kind of a procedural in a way, uh, mm. sort of a memory lane procedural, uh, looking back and in, into the past, and then of course that uh, there. Uh, well, I'm not going to get into the ending, of course. Right. So it's interesting. Uh, there, there was really one moment though that was just spectacular. And yes. have you seen this? I have, and I, so you, I know exactly uh, probably what you're talking about, the, 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 the soccer, chase. Yeah. The football, soccer. There's this uh, five-minute shot. And, you know, I was watching, and I was enjoying it. I, it was a, a decent procedural, but I, I, it wasn't I, – I didn't really get what, uh, you know, halfway through or whatever it was, what everybody saw in it until mm-hmm. I saw that overhead soccer sh- football shot. Um, and so for, for those who don't know, there's uh, – it's uh, like about a five-minute shot – it goes over the field. You see people playing. A ball is kicked. Then it goes into the crowd, and then you see the protagonists, and they are looking for a bad guy. And there's a chase scene. So, and it all happens in five minutes. Uh, and it's just, it's very, very well done. It, it's not, of course, it's not really one shot. It's kind of like, like Birdman one shot. You know, there's a, right. and you can see that a little bit. Uh, I heard there was a behind the scenes uh, little YouTube I haven't watched yet. Yeah, it'd be fun to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be curious. I, I heard it took like them three or four days to just on that one shot, but uh, that was pretty impressive. The movie itself was it was good. Uh, it, it didn't really live up, live up to that that shot. Uh, I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna get too critical, but I, I, maybe not. Uh, I might not like it as much as everybody else. Uh, I thought it was a little. Mm-hmm. A little melodramatic. Uh, so yeah. Some issues with the ending and how things wrapped up. But uh, I, did you like it? I, I did. I remember, you know, loving that shot, of course. And it was kind of. I, I think we had similar experiences. Uh, I may have come a little, been a little bit more positive in the end. But again, it's one of those. I mean, I remember that shot, and I don't remember and the chase, and I don't remember that much else. Right. Um, <laughs> it does seem like a typical, you know, kind of a foreign language film winner, Academy Award winner. You know, right. it's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's just uh, I don't want to call it a crowd pleaser, but it's 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 not one that's uh, as deep as uh, probably some of the other uh, films that were out there. So yeah, sure, yeah, it's I a like crime it. drama. Crime drama. I mean, there it's right. a little more edgy than than some of the uh, award winners, but that's just because it's a crime drama. But yeah, it's uh, it's more accessible, I, I think, and that those can sometimes win. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. What about Good you, film. sir? Yes. Good film. So I uh, I. Did see. I guess the first one I'll mention. Uh, I finally caught up with uh, Everybody Wants Some. So this is the the. I'll, I'll just say, it, of course, the spiritual sequel to uh, Dazed <laughs> and Confused from Mr. Richard Linklater. Um, it's uh, about well, group of college basketball players uh, instead of uh, high school. Baseball. Or uh, baseball. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> um, how could I forget baseball? You're and, thinking uh, about the Olympics. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Of course. Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and I, getting into the having no responsibilities really other than school and uh, baseball and, uh, of course, unsupervised adulthood. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm in the camp on this one. I like this one a lot better probably than some. I, I don't know if people were expecting, you know, Days Conf- and Confused 2 or Boyhood 2, but um, I like how in this film, you know, Linklater, he doesn't judge people. He just mm-hmm. he shows uh, people as they uh, are or, or could be. And I think you really get to enjoy spending time with, with these people. And I've heard people say that they're fully fleshed out, which I that, that may be the case. They, it still seems more like an ensemble to me, except for, you know, of course, the, the sure. main character, um, which isn't, you know, to say that's a bad thing. I, I like that. But. Um, and you know, you mentioned baseball, it's like an hour in before you see any baseball from these <laughs> players, which I think is just, is great. Yeah. Um, it's really, yeah. really nice. It's about, it's more, it's about a different game, really. <laughs> the, right. uh, the, the game of college trying to meet women and that sort of thing. Yep. Have fun, uh, score, yep. <laughs> of course. And what I think is, is I did a short take on that a, a little while ago and, and yeah. this, this one has, uh, its haters for sure. And, and I think it's unfairly compared to Days Confused. Yeah, I, I don't even know why you have to, you know, sell it that way because it, it's mm-hmm. a different film. I mean, I guess I, that's just it. Probably just is a way to to sell it, but uh, and the fact that it's it's taking place in kind of that next step mm-hmm. from your of your life uh, past high school, you know, makes sense. Yeah. But but it's, it's more it's more of a film. romp, more more raunchy, of course. Uh, uh, and uh, one thing that's interesting is one of the baseball players, like the, the really good baseball player, was the kid from Road to Perdition. Uh, so right. I guess he grew up and played baseball, and he was very I convincing. I think uh, <laughs> I know didn't didn't really recognize him in this, but yeah, nice, yeah. interesting connection there. So yeah, well, it, glad, glad you liked little, it. Yeah, little little kind of connection I think too with Downhill Racer in that uh, I was thinking of uh, Chapelet in similarly 
um, kind of a similar vein where he's you know unsupervised by himself and he, he doesn't really seem to need anyone else he just wants to be you know really be alone with with carol and i think you see that a bit in uh this film so yeah and i, I love the ending i think the ending is perfect um you know just finding your way <laughs> so it's great yeah i liked it big fan <laughs> cool. so what about you short take number two well let's go for a ride i saw ride with the devil uh, nice. and if you if, if you're paying attention at home these both have trailing nines so i'm working on my nine list list uh, so 2009 1999 so i have a i'll be doing a, a lot of nine movies uh, for the months to come but uh, Ride with the Devil is, of course, Ang Lee. Uh, this was, I think, his, was his next film after uh, The Ice Storm. Uh, it was a huge failure. <laughs> uh, yeah. Big p- period piece, uh, Civil War, but a different type of uh, perspective on the Civil War because it's, you know, Missouri. And if you know the history, Missouri is a little different. During, uh, they were kind of in between, uh, which I thought was a pretty interesting perspective. Uh, but this, speaking yeah. of ensemble pieces, huge ensemble piece uh and quite a cast actually i a lot of those people were not as well known as they are today but uh but like uh, i guess toby mcguire had done some things Uh, he hadn't been spider-man yet i don't believe no right Uh, and so yeah a lot of people um uh, simon baker who is almost unrecognizable looks looks like a kid uh you know long before the mentalist uh a whole whole bunch and of course jewel (laughs) Uh, the uh, singer, uh, right. credited as Jewel. Uh, and I, I've, I've actually seen that this has kind of a mixed reaction, too. And I think, it does, yeah. Yeah, I think people didn't know, really know what to make of it back uh, when it came out. You know, it's and it, it, I, I can see why it didn't do well. It's not very marketable. Uh, you know, a, a Civil War p- movie about Missouri. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. It's kind, of, it, it's, it's kind of stuck in the middle, like you said. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, it takes place kind of stuck in the middle, and the movie's kind of stuck in the middle. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I found it. Well, I, yeah, what would you think? Oh, I, I did like <laughs> did it, actually. I, did. I, yeah. I liked it quite a bit. In fact, I liked it far more than I expected. Now, some of the acting is not terrific. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the guy from Scream, uh, what was his name, Skeet Ol- oh, Ulrich? Oh, Skeech. Skeet, yeah. Skeet, 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 either's fine. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing now, but... Uh, yeah, I, I thought he was passable. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Toby Maguire is kind of hit or miss for me. You know, he's kind of, he kind of is Toby Maguire. There's probably not a not a lot of nuance <laughs> nuance between this and Spider Man. Uh, although I do like him in uh, in Wonder Boys. Um, so yeah, but I, I did think it was I, the production was amazing. Uh, some yeah. really intense scenes. Uh, the the, uh, um, and you know, the, not a lot of character moments, but you don't really need them. There's not. Not too many, and I think uh, it it focused on character when it needed to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's one I will it will definitely make my list for two thousand nine or for nineteen ninety nine, and uh, nice. I'll probably revisit revisit it again. Yeah, yeah, seems one to be you know, worthy of a revisit, especially with Ang Lee too. I think his his, his films are definitely revisitable. It's kind of a lost gem. Uh, mm-hmm. Nice to see that Criterion released that too. I mean, it, it probably yeah. you know maybe a little bit of a. a call it a spiritual uh, connection with downhill racer and that it, it may have been forgotten you now had it not been sure, at least this, sure. this day and age, you know, had it not been uh, for criterion to release it. So Boy, now, now yeah. if you could really cross over those two films, uh, the civil war in Switzerland, that would be <laughs> on the ski slopes. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that sounds like a James Bond film, actually. <laughs> I think you just, you, you need to submit that Aaron. You got yeah. It. I need to well, find, uh, 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 what's his name from the player? Uh, Tim Robbins. But. Oh, right. Yep. Nice. 
Nice, uh, nice player reference. Uh, I think that's going to come up again later. Everything connects to uh, another episode, doesn't it? So. <laughs> I know. I know. We, we have a way of doing that. We do. Uh, so my, my other short take is this was one that I just I kept coming up, kept coming up, and I finally got it. I think Netflix had it for a while, and I just I think it's gone from streaming as you know happens with Netflix streaming. And so I just grabbed it from the library, Strand Releasing put it out on, on DVD and Blu-ray. It's uh, Uncle Boon Me Who Can Recall His Past Lives, the, uh, the Thai film. So, and uh, I'm going to go with the director's name here. It's uh, Pete Chapong, Wirasithakul, or something like that. It's close. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, uh, it, it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes 2010. And uh, I, this is a film I had a hard time kind of, I wouldn't say connecting with. I appreciated what it was, but I know this is going to be a, a second watcher. And um, I, Roger Eber backed me up. On this one, I kind of checked out what he said because I figured if, uh, if if anyone could kind of give me uh, some additional insight, it would be him. And he he really said, you know, the movie's easy to understand on a second viewing. Um, so, you know, this is one I will grab on Blu-ray. But, you know, really hmm. it's about spirit, body, mind, sex, relationships, um, all of those things. But I, I think it really does get into kind of the spiritual um, – nature of uh, of our existence um of course you know recalling our, our past lives and uh, i would say there is a, a really interesting and I, I thought well done scene with uh, some some animal sex uh, i think we've covered animal sex before and uh and maybe the gross set episode but didn't really yes, expect yes, that we, here we did <laughs> we did uh, uh, didn't expect okay. that in uncle boo and me but you know there it was and I just uh, saw some in the latest uh, Sasha Baron Cohen movie. Uh, ooh, he... <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> I, I, actually, it, it was hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, not not a Criterion. No, no, not not coming. Well, I, I, th- th- I'm going to surprise you here. You probably didn't know this, but I actually spent some time in, as a child in Thailand. Oh no, I didn't so, know that. So, Nung Sang Samsi Hahok Jetpet, Gelsit. That was one to ten. Sawadee Ka. Oh, nice. Saudi ka, uh, yeah. So I I did speak a lot of Thai back then, uh, and cool. I pretty much that's what you just heard is what I remember. Uh, so so it's interesting for me to see Thai films, um, and I've from this director I've seen Tropical Malady and one other one that I'm not recalling. Uh, and yeah, they're they're definitely slow cinema. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are very nitnoy, which is the Thai word for pretty. <laughs> nice. Uh, yep. Uh, but uh, but yeah, they they are tough to engage with. I didn't, um, I'm kind of like you with the others. I respect them. I can see what people see in them. I can see why mm-hmm. can voters uh, or the can jury uh, would, would uh, gravitate towards those. But they are difficult, and uh, and it's really tough to motivate yourself to go back in and, uh, right. uh, you know, watch a guy sitting in a Re-age. tree for half an hour. <laughs> right, right. And so yeah. I actually ha- haven't seen this one um, yet, Uh Although I, I do like some Thai cinema, it's it's interesting because some of that comes back to me, and uh, and and actually I kind of like French films. You, you read the subtitles and you kind of pick up on what they're really saying. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, my Thai yeah. is it, it, my French is actually better than my Thai at this point, but uh, which is saying something. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So yeah, that sounds like we're pretty much on the same page there. Yeah, I mean, I and I think it's for me. I I probably would like to go back and rewatch or just watch some other of his films, but because there were a couple moments that were, I wasn't sure what I was in for, uh, which I think was a good thing. I didn't like read reviews or 
uh, even watch a trailer before this. And there were a couple of early scenes that were kind of oh moments uh, because there's a scene where it really from the poster where you see the the black figure with the red eyes that you know, I wasn't expecting and really the um, it, it comes back. And I, I think that's very effective. And uh, there's definitely a change there in that um, being, which I thought was was interesting. And there's there's a kind of a gradual appearance of an apparition too that uh, caught me by surprise. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 well done. I, I think it's it's one that uh, I, hard to kind of see a through line originally with this one and, you know, how we're recalling past lives and all that. I kept waiting for Uncle Boonby to start recalling his past lives and then realizing, well, I think we're probably in the middle of it, um, hmm. you know. So, yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, one I, I would like to uh, to pick up at some point and, uh, and rewatch and watch some Ooh. more of his films. Yeah, I, I think there's some stuff out there from him. Uh, I don't know if it's on Blu-ray or DVD, but uh, you can get some of it around here. Yeah, yes. a lot of people love him, and I'm, I'm sure we'll probably mm-hmm. hear from some people that are going to uh, shout his praises. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'm going I'm to stop my rudimentary tie and move on to uh, back, <laughs> back to uh, Team USA. <laughs> nice. Canada. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Canada, but USA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, why don't we uh, uh, We'll take a little break, and we'll come back and jump into some uh, Olympic Games and Downhill Racer. to Criterion Close-Up. I'm Mark Herney here with Aaron West, and we are talking about Downhill Racer, uh, a Blu-ray, recent Blu-ray upgrade last December, if I remember. Uh, I, I was a poet. Yes. yes. <laughs> you remember Spine. last December. Uh, <laughs> at least it's not uh, V for Vendetta. <laughs> That's right. So, Yeah, this is, uh, and of course, this is spy number uh, 494, kind of a later... Uh, upgrade, I would say, you know, of a, a DVD-only release from uh, 1969, directed by Michael Ritchie, uh, his first feature film. Mm-hmm. St- stars Robert Redford, Gene Hackman, and Camilla Sparve, a little scene Camilla. First time I'd ever seen Camilla, I believe. So really known for its um, the Alpine location, of course, and the cinematography uh, features a young Robert Redford in one of his early starting starring roles. Um, of course, Michael Michael Ritchie and about a ruthlessly ambitious skier and David Chapelet competing for Olympic gold uh, with an underdog American team in Europe. Uh, interesting to kind of see that side of it, underdog American mm-hmm. team. You don't <laughs> see right. that. Right. Well, and in the Winter often. Olympics, yeah. Skiing, oh, I think. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yep. So, and, uh, you know, it takes place during a time, uh, I, I think Redford had mentioned this during one of the, the supplements. Uh, kind of the, uh, the the shorter supplement that was a, a featurette kind of promoting the film, how skiing was an up-and-coming sport at this mm-hmm. uh, this point. And, of course, coming from Vermont myself, it's, uh, you know, very I, – I don't ski myself, but uh, watching these folks and knowing friends who do downhill skiing, it's uh, just uh, – yeah, it's interesting to see just the breakneck pace that uh, these, these skiers uh, ski at. I uh, definitely – um, captured well, but, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, living in Vermont, you could probably just go ski in five minutes, right? I'm sure it's uh, fine right now. <laughs> yeah, kidding. it's oh right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A there couple, is snow on the mountains maybe. until maybe May or June, but that's right. about it. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, but uh, down, it's downhill racer, and it, it, we are recording this uh, really right at the tail end of the Olympics. So, uh, of course, the Summer Olympics. Where this movie is about the Winter Olymp- Olympics, but right. uh, there are a lot of parallels. Uh, uh, that I think can be made with this movie and uh, the Olympic spirit. Uh, actually, I think one one thing that's interesting is they're all amateurs back then, whereas now they're all pros and uh, they're raking in money from sponsors. You know, I think they're really thinking about their sponsorship. I, I think these these Olympians are professionals, uh, and, mm-hmm. and they almost do it for the money, uh, not hoping for stuff after, like uh, like in this case. Right. Yeah, I found that interesting, just those parallels. It, it just seemed like kind of a different Olympic world uh, in that, that respect, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I think there's a, a pretty good tradition of Olympic films, too, I, although I, I can't think of too many before this one. I, I think this one might have been, even, I don't, I don't know how successful it was, I don't believe it was very successful, but I think right. it was kind of probably... Forgotten probably pretty groundbreaking uh i I know that uh, athletes liked it skiers especially liked it exactly i thought that was interesting yeah Uh, i wonder how i mean that's a good point i wonder how influential it was i mean of course thinking of there is the criterion release of uh tokyo olympia of course out of print mm -hmm. from uh from 1965 but great um, great film yeah I haven't seen it yet, but I, <laughs> it seems like the right time to watch it. But. It's like a reality show of uh, of the Olympics, uh, but you know, it, it, some people might find it boring. It's not you're not going to get like ESPN clip packages or or, or like primetime NBC coverage, but sure, because uh, it's it's maybe a cross between that and the Thai cinema we talked about earlier, <laughs> right? But not nice. quite. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, From, it made uh, me think about other Olympic films. Um, you know, for Winter Olympics, there's I think Miracle is a big Miracle. one. The the mm-hmm. ice hockey. Uh, there is um, Cool Runnings, yep. <laughs> which is yeah, um, a little lighter, lighter and fun one. Yep. Not I, and I saw uh, Eddie the Eagle not too long ago. Uh, have you seen that yet? I haven't seen Eddie the Eagle. No. Okay, it's a ski jumping movie. Uh, it's okay. It's it's entertaining. It's Pretty much, uh, I, I guess, Cool Running's tempo, probably. Maybe a little little deeper, but not much. Right. Yeah, yeah I definitely missed that one. You know, there is one early one I when I was looking online uh, I had never heard of that uh, I think it's not, I don't believe it's a, a silent film from 1936. Um, it's uh, called just called Olympia. Oh, right, uh, it's right. It's a documentary feature film about the uh, the Olympics focusing on the 1936 uh, Olympic Games. So um, folks want to... Riefenstahl? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Lenny yeah. recent stall. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that. So yeah, that's actually really technically propaganda. Uh, you know, in the right. early yeah, early point. Nazi years, uh, the thirty six Olympics were uh, well. That's that's topic unto itself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. And um, you know, Riefenstahl is not exactly somebody I agree with. <laughs> I'm not going to be like rah rah when I see uh, her films. But she, ta- amazingly talented uh, um, filmmaker, and I've actually heard mm-hmm. that Olympia is exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Have to. I don't know if it's available, but uh, yeah, did come across that one. Somebody tell us, tweet us, Criterion yeah. CU. Tell us. Uh, Can you get it? Um, Triumph of the Will, of course, very propaganda. Uh, difficult to watch now, but uh, you impressed by it, but you hate it at the same time. You know? Right. I'm, right. I'm anti-Nazi. Just FYI. Are you really? Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I have that going for me. <laughs> uh. 
the uh, couple others were, I mean, of course, Chariots of Fire came out uh, about 12 years after that one. So, of course, the plum, plum, 19. Plum, <laughs> <laughs> Insert uh, Chariots of Fire music here from mm-hmm. Vangelis. 1924 Olympics, that one was about. Yeah, so. yeah that summer. Uh, and uh, yep. the, the, the two, the dueling Prefont- Steve Prefontaine movies, uh, I, I think those were actually both pretty good. Uh, there was, it was what? Prefontaine was one, and then right. Without Limits, Without Limits. was, the, was yep. the other. And I, the 90s. it's been a while since both. I think I preferred Without Limits. Okay, yeah, haven't seen those. Jared right. my wife gave Lito. me a thumbs up. I did prefer Without Limits. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> thanks, I, thanks, Andrew. I forget. Yes, thanks, honey. And uh, you know, the one for me that I, I really want to rewatch is Munich, two thousand five, the Steven Spielberg film. I mean, it's I, a different, different Olympic film yes. uh, type of Olympic yes. film altogether. But yeah. And, and on that same uh, subject, the uh, was it uh, the documentary One Day in September? I think it was it called. Um, yeah, that's also yeah. that's about well, sort of about the same events, but uh, very that's compelling right. uh, documentary about uh, the, the, the very difficult Olympics, which is not well close to the same time as this this film, uh, just a little after. But uh, and that was uh, I believe that was Kevin McDonald that did that. Uh, not the guy from SCTV, or I'm I'm sorry, I mean Kids in the Hall, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Blades of Glory. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, masterpiece. Remiss. I think that's <laughs> I, I, it. Could be on Criterion. I, that might be a good uh, Criterion December. Uh, for those who don't know, that's the Will Ferrell uh, art film. <laughs> <laughs> art film. Uh, I saw it once. I I kind of hated it, but anyway. <laughs> Me too. But it was it was fun. I I I remember. Uh, Will Arnett was in that, and uh, and I, I just I like Arrested Development, so I, I thought his character was a lot sure. of fun. So I maybe some guilty pleasure moments, but uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Downhill racer. Uh, yeah. Well, getting... did you watch these Olympics uh, over these past couple weeks? I've been much? watching them some here and there. You know, I'm I'm not one to kind of sit down and watch it if it's on. I'm and I'm doing something else. But you know, the the thing that I had forgotten happens with the Olympics did happen to me a couple times where I stayed up a little later than expected. Like I was done doing what I was doing and. You know, like the the women's um, the women's volleyball was on, or the you know the gymnastics. Uh, definitely found those mm-hmm. women's gymnastics. I found those stories. You know, really the most com- compelling. Of course, Michael Phelps too. I mean, he's interesting sure, to sure. to cover. You know, because they they're just so good. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, how about you? Well, what's funny is we we spent the beginning in Canada and actually Vermont, as you may remember. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, so, but what was, what was really cool is that in Canada, and I, I might have talked about this on the last podcast, but the Olympics were like everywhere. And, and mm-hmm, the Canadians right. have, have a good Olympic team. I, you know, they, well, they just defaulted into the bronze in the relay last night, uh, but they, um, it was everywhere. Like, rah rah Olympics. You know, you, you see it on TV and people talk about it here, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was in store windows, you know, uh, uh, commercials all, all the time, support Canada. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, actually, the uh, Canadian team jackets looked great. Um, if I didn't live in the southeast, I probably probably would have got one. Uh, Grab one of those. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting how that works. We it, we seem to like the Olympics in the U.S. It's kind of like soccer, uh, even mm-hmm. to a greater extent with soccer, but we just don't quite connect with it as we do with you know something like baseball and of course you know America's America's sport now football. Sure, sure. Well, so, I, I guess we watch it. You know, a lot of people are into the basketball, like traditional sports fans into the basketball, the soccer slash football, right? Um, and the stories. Uh, but uh, yeah, the yeah. I, I think part of it is we take it for granted, you know, because the U.S. wins so much. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't know what the medal so count good. is now, but it's. 
probably around 100 and I you know I maybe I'm not I didn't look this up but maybe double the next country so right yeah yeah it it kind of gets a, a little bit to me I I don't know if this is the case but just the fact that it it they come once every 4 years and I I don't know if that really May mm-hmm. gets may get other countries jazz, but for us, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind in America. Um, sure, you know, we're, sure. we're so of the moment, so maybe it's you know with the regular the yearly sports, there's always something going on, and mm-hmm. we know it's coming every year. But those we probably just tend to forget about them every you know um, four years. And I, I guess I it's really every two years because of the, the Winter right. Olympics now. Uh, uh, I say now, I think they changed that probably 15 years ago. But uh, but the thing is, Americans don't do great at the Winter Olympics, uh, right. and uh, you know I don't think people are too stoked about curling. Uh, no. <laughs> actually, I, I enjoy watching. I, I like watching the skiing and ski jumping. Um, and and yeah. for this Olympics, I, I did like watching the track and field and the swimming. You know, definitely I, uh, races are exciting. They have that built-in tension. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hussein Bolt is—he's just. He's yeah, he's amazing. He's a man of. Uh, 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 He's a man among children. I what's that saying? I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah man, man among boys. Uh, he's something. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we I think we have to bring up the major controversy from the Olympics. Uh, I don't know if this will sound familiar, but there is a brash athlete uh, that made some bad decisions. Kind of didn't, didn't care much, and uh, well, actually made up some stories. You know who I'm talking about? No. Oh, you didn't hear about Ryan Lochte? Oh yeah, I did. I, I thought you were okay. referencing someone in the past, but yeah. I was actually I, poorly. I was trying to parallel him with uh, uh, the uh, character from Downhill Racer. Uh, Chap- oh, oh, Chapelet. Yeah. Chapelet, yeah, makes so. sense. So yep. uh, yeah, idiots are, are idiots. Are <laughs> Freudian slip. Well, sometimes <laughs> athletes are idiots. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's 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 not surprising, really. It seems like there's always some kind of controversy that. You know, comes out of the Olympics. Of course, we had the you know the the rushing Russian doping scandal too. Sure, but, sure. And, yeah. But you know, I I've I, I do get into the Olympics a little bit. My, my wife and I we tend to watch them with, with the NBC coverage. We tend to tape them and then you know fast forward through the stuff we don't want to see. Right. It's it's smart. But yeah, so I, I and we I can't really remember anything so dumb um, and so embarrassing to a host country. Well, I, actually, there was one. Wasn't there a basketball team that? destroyed their hotel or something after, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right so yeah, yeah I, I i'm an american all right international listeners we realize that some americans are not on their always on their best behavior <laughs> for what it's worth i was just in canada we we cleaned our room before the <laughs> before we left the hotel <laughs> not everybody's like that <laughs> even the yeah. presidential suite we cleaned it up before we left so <laughs> yeah, you're up, upstanding americans for sure we're and trying travelers. to represent i'm sure that maid was like wow americans yeah, they're not well, all, all like uh, ryan lochte and they're, uh, not, they're not all slobs <laughs> so uh but yeah that, that was interesting but uh, of course Thinking about this movie and Lochte, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that Chapelet is that dumb, but uh, he was a renegade and kind of beat to his own drum a little bit, uh, not very self-aware, maybe. Not, yeah. Uh, arrogant, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I, I had just seen the film, uh, just rewatched the, the movie. Well, I know we're going to talk a little bit about Redford, but um, the Gene Hackman performance, Wes Anderson's Royal Tenenbaums, and yeah, Redford as Chapelletti is just kind of a, a son of a bitch, as they sure. call uh, yeah. Hackman, and you know they call Royal. So, but yeah, I, I kind of I don't know I I kind of identify with him a little bit too, uh, just because he's the character that we we follow, 
in the film. I don't know if it's you just can't help but uh, identify with him because you, mm-hmm. it's his journey that we're we're following. Um, you know whether or not to, you like him. So and he's you know Redford is a handsome man too. So there's he's got that going for him. Well, I'm glad you like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are a lot of movies that you don't like the protagonists or the characters. Uh, in fact, I I think that's actually pretty common today. There's uh, books written about antiheroes in, in, yeah. in film and TV. Uh, so uh, I I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him an antihero, but he was definitely brash. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely didn't really care. Didn't really buy into the system. Uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, I think we'll explore that a little further. Yeah, definitely. I mean, out out for himself, and um, yeah, I mean, it's there. You get a little bit of a sense that yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't care that he's he's on a on a sports team, uh, you know, an Olympic team. Really, doesn't really identify mm-hmm. with any of those guys um, like the others do. I mean, it actually made me think of I referred back to uh, um, everybody wants some. You know, just that kind of communal uh, respect that they people had for each other but yeah he's just this guy with a motor that just runs um mm-hmm. you know zero to 60 all the time and uh, you know a nice use of uh driving the car you know when he gets together with uh, uh i can't remember is it carol uh, Carol right, Sparrow's right. character you know how she's she's kind of the same she's uh similar to him just a uh, driving the kind of that need for speed that they uh, mm-hmm. they both have so yeah interesting character yeah there was actually a one uh moment where he actually, and I, I didn't write down the right line of dialogue, but he actually, somebody mentions uh, something about the team, and, you know, his, his, his teammates are all trying to get him to, to be more with the program, and I can't remember if, if uh, Redford's character delivered the line or not, but he, he mentioned something that this is an individual sport, and right. uh, and they are yeah, all I think competing. It's, it's one of his teammates, if I remember. It's it's uh, it's not exactly a team sport, is it? Um, right. They, they said. Right. So, yeah. And I, I, I've I'm not uh, going to be in the Olympics, or w- never could have been. But I, I was uh, a sportster, and I, I did have a, a, a discipline, a, a, a sport that I focused on, and that was an individual sport. But even a lot of individual sports, especially the Olympics, you're there with a team. There is right. a team dynamic. You know, people train together, they motivate each other. You, you. Yeah. I think to be a successful athlete, you can't really be. You know, of course, everybody's competitive, but you can't isolate yourself. Yeah. Uh, uh, you have to. Yeah, you have. There has to be teams. Yeah, uh, you can't just be against yourself and against your time and against you know whoever is number one. That seemed to be his thing. Right. Was he just wanted he wanted that uh, that higher uh, starting point, that higher bib number, so he could you know have the better uh, fresher snow. He just didn't care about how the you know the rest of the team went. And I I, I think your point is well taken too. That um, as the I thought about this a lot with like the women's gymnastics team, how they must. Uh, really, they support each other. Oh, yes. You, know, you don't get the behind the scenes, but it seems like they support each other. Uh, but there's also some healthy competition there, um, sure. you know, to to better themselves, to make the team better, uh, mm-hmm. as well as make themselves better. So it's just a, oh, such good. a different dynamic kind of watching, um, you know, that they're the the team in downhill racer versus the, you know, the, the U.S. gymnastics team as an example. Yeah, it's probably. I mean, there are rivalries, but and people and people have to compete to actually make the team, which is kind right. of you know. Of course, they want their best to be there, but people. Uh, uh, and I'm sure that uh, behind the scenes, there's a lot of hostility, but eventually sure. they have to have to get with the program and support each other. Uh, so, like, uh, if a guy wants to go trash a gas station, he's going to bring along three te- <laughs> teammates. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did I mention that was dumb? That was dumb. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, it's always some stu- stupidity in the world of sports. It seems like. 
Yeah, well, yeah. There's a little bit everywhere, I think. No. Yeah, but not yeah, on podcast, any... not on movie podcasts, of course. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, we're we're brilliant, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you don't do stupid things. Any any other thoughts on the uh, the the performances, Aaron? Um, you know, uh, Hackman or Camilla Sparrow? Yeah, I. I... I, 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 I don't want to just focus on the um, the men, the men, but um, right. I don't want to just focus on the men, but of course Redford and Hackman kind of stand out. Uh, Camilla Sparv didn't really stand out as much, I, and I, mm-hmm. I just think her character was really something. You know, she she was something for him to indulge in, and, right. and they were all about indulgences. They that was how they lived. Um, they, they or that was how the, the two characters lived. Um, but I, I thought. I thought Hackman was good. He, you know, he, he was in his uh, probably mid to late thirties at that time. So that's mm-hmm. probably a pretty realistic age for, um, for somebody to be a coach. And I think some, sometimes Hackman plays a little older than he is, or seems a little older than he is in, in roles. He's, uh, he wasn't playing the uh, dashing lad in the seventies for sure, but, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's came from, uh, it's two years. I'd noticed two years after Bonnie and Clyde, Kind of his breakout role, right. if I remember, and then two years before the French Connection, where he's you know became the man. Popeye so, Doyle, yeah, yeah, he was the man. Uh, and Redford, you know, it's an understated performance, and mm-hmm. I, I I like Redford. I I don't think he's a tremendous actor. I think he's a serviceable actor. I think he's yeah. definitely he has a legacy. I think Sundance itself is a huge legacy for on, on film and a positive one. And, you know, some people actually might disagree with that. Uh, you know, I, I don't like all his films, but. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I th- and I don't like all his performances, but I think he he was he did fine, you know. Yeah. With what he had to work with, I, he did he didn't have a lot of dialogue, but he did. Co- you know, I think he did embody the uh, the silent, isolated, and sort of conflicted figure. Uh, you yeah. know, we see him with his dad and uh, right, rough child Ritz crackers. And, right, yeah. right. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, that so, box of Ritz crackers. You can see where he might get that, and why why he is the way he is. And I, I think, performance wise, yeah. I think he he does pull that off. Um, I, I wouldn't give him an Oscar, but right, I, right. I don't know what won, won the Oscar. I know he wasn't nominated, but yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think it was. I, I liked how um, this this film. It's just more about the looks than the words. There's not a lot of dialogue, and it the sort the story moves along. Uh, mostly without the dialogue, you know. And there's mm-hmm. a few scenes where there's uh, some some quick edits. Uh, I think some of the supplements get into the editing, which I, I thought was was nice. It's important to kind of look into that because you yeah. see, um, you know, some you know, the, the the quick edits back and back and forth. Are, I think are well done. Some nice scenes with Hackman. Uh, I think his best scenes are really when he is uh, addressing uh, the media. Um, like those, uh, right? Those quite Get, a bit. Getting money or trying to, yeah, and and, and support. Yeah, one of the supplements actually pointed out that I think that wasn't in the script, uh, right? But I, I thought it did actually uh, give the uh, the. Yeah, I thought it did kind of legitimize the film in a way, or not legitimize, but uh, it gave it some some more weight. You know, some yeah, more yeah. some more heft. Kind of, uh, I mean, it's That's something part of it. Yeah, with the uh, the. You know the the sponsors too. I mean, you mentioned how this film kind of—I I wouldn't say—I I don't know if I'd say influence, but showed how this um, was kind of prophetic and how sports would be. That mm-hmm. you know the um, the 
sponsors were important and also getting uh, those sponsorships with uh, the equipment manufacturers um, right right you know is uh, like Nike as an example you know, mm-hmm. obviously not in this film but and of yeah. course even though it's a sport it's a it, it was an amateur sport but there is a uh, a sense of capitalism uh, and I think they yeah. def- they intentionally wanted to portray that it was very clear and I, I so I agree the um the, the scenes with Redford and the uh well that's actually how he meets uh, the girl is through uh through right. his potential sponsor, uh, he, he decides to use a set of skis because he wants uh, a little. Hmm, hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you can see how he's motivated. And then Hackman uh, trying to get support, get fun- funding is the other side of that. So yeah, it, it's a business, and uh, that's that's just part of the Olympic experience. So I, it makes it what more probably well-rounded is what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah, very, very yeah. poorly <laughs> a few moments ago. No, yeah, that's I agreed. I, I think it's uh, it's it's one of those movies. Um, I, I know we'll give final thoughts. I've just you know people probably surprised that you know why it's in the collection. I think some of the things we're coming up against will <laughs> help support its uh, release uh, by by Criterion. Well, yeah, so, yeah and speaking of, it is important. But I and uh, you just touched on the cinematography and uh, yeah. but I, and I, th- I think that is important to bring up uh it, it really is a gorgeous looking film uh, absolutely and these skiing scenes are exhilarating uh yeah. from 19, 1969 of course it's not not exactly the the stone ages for filmmaking uh for technicolor but uh, you know a lot, a lot of those shots were not easy uh you know yeah i mentioned eddie the eagle ear- earlier you know it had some uh, help with some shots I, i'll say uh <laughs> some of those CGI? were a little easier to do today than uh than they were back then uh but I'll take the downhill racer action any time. Uh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's Give me realism. Just, exactly. Yeah, and and I, I got to say that one shot where the the I, I believe it was on a toboggan. Was it? Uh, well, no. And I think actually it was on skis where they shoot somebody actually uh, going down the slopes. And right. It, you know, I, I'm not a skier. Well, I, I have skied before, but I I, I can't. Not not at that speed. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, I mean, really attest. He was he was really an ace in the hole. I think uh, um, you know it's part of the supplements too. But that Joe J. Talbert, who was the you know the technical advisor, ski double yes. cameraman. I mean, things weren't working. You know, they were trying to record on a toboggan. It wasn't. Uh, they couldn't get close enough. It was too dangerous. But mm-hmm. then he, you know, getting right next to the the skier. I mean, that's. Yeah, it's amazing, and, and yeah, that shot, that first-person shot, that's exactly what you want in a film like yeah. this. It's certainly, the bravado and, and, <laughs> shot and not, in this film. Not to sh- uh, you know, not to criticize the other shots. I think all the action shots were. I, I think for a, a '60s movie, it really did capture Definitely. the sport very well. And I, and I, you know, as we mentioned, it's popular with skiers. I, I get why. Yeah, this is almost like pardon, but ski porn in a way. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. I, We'll talk about the supplements a little, but uh, yeah, the the ace in the hole. I, I forget his name. <laughs> Off the top, Joyberg was it? Yeah, Joe Joe J Jalbert. I think it was J-J-J. Jalbert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this film would would be a lot different without him. I think it would not Absolutely. be nearly as good if. Uh, so he he really was the the and and he had no experience in film. He was a a, a skier. Uh, I think uh, right. he skied in college. They said and won some champions. Uh, so. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about him momentarily, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think the the cinematography and the and yeah, the editing, the the action shots, mm-hmm. any any, it's not exactly always breakneck speed either, which right. is interesting. You know, with the exception of like the car chase scene and some of the skiing shots, some of it is, you know, they don't, they're not quick cutting. You know, you you'll see a cut where they show his shoes, mm-hmm. or they show uh, maybe a a, a ski um, pole. 
something, you know, the, it's, and so it, it does give space to breathe between Definitely. the action. Yeah. So, and yeah, I, I did like just, that about it's, it. It's a good point. Yeah. It's not just <laughs> break net through the, the, you know, the whole thing, but I, I did like how, I mean, you, you talked about the cinematography and there is a, a large crew, many different camera operators and of course, including, uh, Joe J. Tal, uh, Jalbert, but there was, uh, a number of folks how, um, you know, I guess, Michael Ritchie, he wanted to capture the action in many different, and even in some of the slow scenes, he had many cameras uh, on people. He just wanted to, similar to the way this movie looks, you know, go, 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 and, uh, you know, just capture uh, capture everything. So, Go, uh, go, go. <laughs> yeah, just uh, do it. So it's, I just, I, I like the breakneck uh, pace of this. And early on, I mean, I noted to myself as I do six minutes in, I'd said, wow, uh, about the camera twice mm -hmm. already. One was just the, even just the shot of, the, you know, capturing the helicopter, lifting up the, um, you know, the, the skier uh, early on. And then the MRI uh, kind of zooming into him, just a nice kind of, uh, switch between the two lifting up and then uh, zooming in you know it doesn't even have to do with skiing that much but uh, you know really uh, interesting and I, I like the credit sequences too how you mm -hmm. get that kind oh, of oh yeah it's it shows it it is a product a bit of its time because I don't think you'd see that today where you get the the credit sequence and they're kind of blurry mm -hmm. now you know with the digital camera you wouldn't get that they would show it uh, clearly so it's it's nice to have that uh, that difference in the way it's presented. And of course, uh, the opening shot, somebody whack, gets waxed, and then there's a lot of crashes right. in this movie. I, yeah, I, I, a number of times while watching, I thought of you know the the, the agony of defeat. Uh, yes. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they did definitely touch on how realistic is how this is a sport. This is sometimes it doesn't go well, and it's dangerous. Some guy yeah. got five hundred dollars for each time he fell, and he did that's it. Right. <laughs> that's right, yeah, paying paying him for it. Yeah, it, I'm glad it he, got, he, he got uh... me. He got me thinking about the Olympics again too. Just how um, you know, I, I think it was someone tweeted out a little while ago, uh, and I think it was from um, oh, I forget who who it was from who had said to oh Bill Murray, I, I think it was what they need to do is have someone in competition who is just an average Joe and show how they would do it <laughs> compared to the Olympians because it's so, you know, just watching like the vaulting of the, uh, the gymnastics team and how fast they go. I'm right. like, how oh, do you yeah. not break your neck, know, you know, yeah. with, with doing that? And it, it's captured in this too very well how, um, you know, I, I know Redford when he was marketing this just, you know, had 14 minutes of, of crashes. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just so, such a breakneck pace and you wonder how um, when they do crash how they you know don't uh, you know again like I said break their neck <laughs> they yeah fortunately nobody uh, as far as I know nobody was hurt making that movie uh, so that, that's right. that's a good thing yeah so good good stuff so what about the um, you know there's a couple of the things that are, are mentioned in the film uh, curious what you think about the I mean is it really uh, an independent feature uh, it's, I mean, it is one where, uh, from mm -hmm. what I understand, you know, Redford really is the one who wanted to, to make this film, uh, you know, drove the, the making of it, uh, sought out the, uh, the writer Salter, uh, who's in one of the, the supplements and it is a low budget, uh, feature. Um, so yeah, any, any thoughts just kind of on the, the independent nature of it? Sure. Yeah. I think actually, well, the, the connection with Sundance, uh, is, yep. And uh, and this is 1969, 1968 when it was probably being filmed. This is really kind of at that the 
I don't want to say not definitely not the peak, but the uh, uh, origins of the American New Wave. You know, like uh, you mentioned, Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, there, right. There, there were a number, and of course, the BBS box set. That's a huge American independent uh, movement. Uh, so I, I would say that this is one of many independent movements or films, and, and it probably, mm-hmm. even if it was not as successful, it, it was probably influential for yeah. um, for independent filmmakers. And I, and I again, I mentioned Sundance. I think it it's important just because it planted that seed in uh, Redford's head to uh, put together the Sundance Institute so a bunch of people can go to Park City and freeze uh, a couple <laughs> a couple weeks out of the year uh, and go to the Burger King. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Have you ever been? I have not. No, but I know yeah, that I, I've heard that everybody goes to the Burger King to eat. No, not not exactly my my cuisine. Uh, that's uh, we no. didn't go to Canadian Burger Kings. So, um, right. Yeah. No. It's a good 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 point. It's yeah. It, interesting how this uh, was. Um, you know, really. I, I guess I, I think of it too. How Michael Ritchie, who came from television, was uh, mm-hmm. the the director. Of course, they wanted uh, originally. Um, was it Polan- Roman Polanski, of course, sure, sure. who we know very well for some of the the films in the collection that are referenced uh, with you know Repulsion and Knife in mm-hmm. the Water? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's again a controversial figure too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, not surprising that this was kind of a forgotten film, really. I mean, it's uh, you know again, it, it's one that um, has grown. It's uh, one that you know people hear that they. It, it holds up. I think it does hold up. It, it seems like a product of its time, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. a nice, um, nice, nice film uh, for sure to to have in the collection. You know, as an independent film, two two million dollar budget, from what I understand. Yeah, and and also it, it was, you know, Michael Ritchie directed it, his, mm-hmm. his first film, but it's it was really not. It was really a Red Redford production. You know, he he was, yeah. and I. This was around the time where stars, of course, now that's the norm. Stars right. can get get pictures made and produce pictures. Brad Pitt has gotten actually good pictures made. Twelve Years a mm-hmm. Slave, um, right? So, so yeah, I, Michael Ritchie. I would not call him an auteur. He has he's made some comedies. Uh, in fact, I, right. when I when I was thinking about him, I actually thought about Arthur Hiller, who is just now in the collection from the In Laws and, and just sadly passed away. Uh, but I, I actually could, could lump those together. They had some interesting comedies, a couple good films. I wouldn't say masterpieces, but uh, but they worked for a long time and uh, and made good films. It worked in the system. So, yeah. But but still, without Jalbert, this <laughs> it could have been uh, it could have been uh, Scorsese yeah. directing. Maybe not in '69, but uh, and it still would not be would not have been what it is. So. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, this film wouldn't have been released by Criterion, I don't think, if, if it wasn't for Jalabard. I mean, like you said it perfectly, he was the ace in the hole. He kind of, mm-hmm. uh, to many, many respects, made this film. And you don't really, you, you only see him as an as an extra. You know, one of right. the, you do see his face grimacing, I guess, as the the mm-hmm. initial skier. But, yeah, so directors uh, are not always important in independent film. Uh, but That's right. Unless they're, you know, Michael Ritchie, uh, maybe it's, if it's Michael Bay, that might, uh, of course, Michael Bay would never do an independent film. Uh, and there would be a few avalanches and uh, explosions and yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, much more action in a film like that. Yeah. That movement would come a little later. So, so <laughs> maybe still some in, more still in the collection. Some more topics to explore. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just a, I guess a, another thing, you know, before we kind of wind down the discussion and give some ratings, I, you know, curious what you thought of the this concept of winning, um, you know, and the uh, just the. You know the the competition, and uh, it seemed to be Redford's driver. He talked about making a, a, tr- a trilogy of films just about that concept of winning. 
Yeah, that, that's. That, I think that's again where the Olympic spirit really shows up, and yeah. uh, and yeah, boy, those Olympic athletes, they might sound gracious in defeat, but they want to win. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Even if even if they're on camera after they lose, probably in the locker room, a lot of them are crying. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a lot of them are crying on on the uh, the field. Or, or the, the slopes, as, as it may be. And I think this actually ties into the ending, and I know we, we spoil everything, but we'll give you a little warning. We're gonna, you, you kind of have to talk about the ending when you talk about the concept of winning. But mm-hmm. uh, he does win in the end. However, he wins. It, it's, it's not exactly a, a happy ending, and I right. th- found it interesting that, uh, that Redford compared it to the natural. Uh, and, yep. and, and maybe, spoil alert for behind the scenes of the natural, I, I'm, this, this amazed me that somebody actually first wrote a dark ending for the natural. Which, I know, <laughs> it's just unfathomable. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say the natural is a beautiful or a brilliant movie. Actually, it is kind of beautiful in a way, but it is, but it yeah. is very rousing. And you know, it, it's the happy ending is what uh, what makes it uh, what it is. This mm-hmm. one, it's it's a bittersweet ending because this guy he. He shows up. He does his thing. Uh, he's indulgent, as I mentioned. Uh, doesn't really care about the team. Only cares about winning. And he does win. And then blinks an eye, and there's another guy right behind him that would win. And and actually, and his his win technically was a win, but there's really an asterisk there because he won because somebody else uh, had bad luck. Right. And, and that fell. That mm-hmm. happens all the time in the Olympics. Uh, yep. At, there was a just a race the other day where. Uh, uh, Justin Gatlin didn't get a medal because he just simply looked over to see what somebody else was doing. Um, so, yeah, decisions sometimes, uh, luck uh, will uh, impact your chance of winning. Uh, so. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and it's you know, like you said, it's so important to the uh, the people that are competing because you know they have other events that they participate in but this comes once every four years so if you you know miss your opportunity here it's not going to come really in the olympics again for for four years and it's so it's so important to the american culture too i mean redford mentioned it i think he is they are commenting on that some too how it's just so important Uh, we don't care is it truly how you play the game or is it uh, winning and you see some of the i mean you see parents uh, of children who are competing in sports, and I hear every year about how there's you know fights break out between parents or you know parents and refs. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just about the winning; it's the yeah, um, the, yeah. The, the team team aspect. Uh, but you know, Redford's commenting on, on that. I mean, about his how he grew up and everything was about uh, that was kind of a misnomer. It's not how you play mm-hmm. the game; it's if it's if you win. And uh, yeah, it gets into the ending. I mean, I I had some. Um, really conflicting I think reactions to the ending Aaron I'm curious what you think I think initially um, it felt like a player type of the player type of cop right, out right, you know, right. yeah getting the getting the happy ending uh, that and I understand what Redford says where you know he had to he couldn't look for this film to be popular which it wasn't but you mm-hmm. couldn't look for it to be popular and have uh, Chapelet lose but, you know, on the other hand, and it, it did feel like a cop-out. I, I did kind of want that downbeat ending to see what they would have done with it. But yeah. it it's still, the way it's handled where, um, you know, the, the uh, was that a, the Russian, the other, no, the, the German skier falls and it's mm-hmm. just, it's quiet. It's right, absolutely right. silent, you know, during his fall. I thought that was well done. And I, I liked how um, the, you get those shots of, uh, I think, 
probably made the ending for me where you get Chapelet looking back at the German racer to kind of right. see where he's at, how he's mm-hmm. doing, and they they lock eyes, and you can just see that that look. And you know, Chapelet as soon as they lock eyes, he's he's on to his winning. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and there's there's you know. jubilation, and then there's mm-hmm. pause, and mm-hmm. okay, this guy messed up. We we can we can cheer again, and hey, that right. really happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, yeah, the ending, if people are going to be critical of Redford, and I know he didn't direct this movie, but he right. this he had as much say as anybody, uh, probably more, but it, it is that he might sanitize things and might put mm-hmm. a pat, pat ending. You know, his version of independent uh, cinema might not gel with uh, some of the people that would follow in the in the 60s and 70s, and even, even you know, the 90s independent scene. You know, there are unhappy endings. Uh, right. So yeah, I, I I didn't really mind it in this case. I, I didn't really think of it as a pat ending. I I just thought it was. Uh, it, I actually kind of liked because it did uh, cast a shadow over winning. So he wins. Right. And and yeah, of course, even though you don't like him, you're rooting for him. You you kind of want him to win. But you, yeah, you do that. That theme just kind of plays itself out with that momentary. Uh, reaction to this other kid that no, it comes out of nowhere which and and that that's the reality you're competing it's an individual sport competing mm-hmm. against a whole slew of people and anybody can have a good day at any time and do you really think that Chapelette would win the gold in uh, 4 years right exactly yeah probably not and he he was kind of an unknown too at this point and just you know rose uh quickly through the ranks so yeah, it's 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 like it's almost it's a good point. It was almost like he was looking at himself in that German mm-hmm. racer, and he fell earlier in uh, one of the earlier races. He did, just yeah. happened to have a good run. That's the thing; you happen to have a good run in the Olympics, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how you can that's right you can win. So, yeah, yeah. every four and years, there will be another Chapelet in the, uh, coming up, and who knows, he might not exactly. even be in the sport for you know, a couple of years. I, nowadays, I think people are in these sports longer as they're professionals, but. He right. might have taken a job at that ski company with, uh, well, right. we didn't even get get into the relationship aspect, but I, I, I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So should we rate this thing, Aaron? I, I'm curious overall. We've talked about it and trying to get a sense of your rating. What would you what would you rate Downhill Racer? I have a feeling I liked it a little more than you. Uh, I, I didn't love it. It's it's not, not the pinnacle of cinema. I, I'll give it a seven, which I think is respectable. And uh, actually a little better than I expected. I, I expected it to be pretty pretty close to mixed on this so what about you yeah i'm probably well i think we're we're close in lockstep i i think an initial viewing you know maybe i could go as low as a six i wrote down a, i wrote down a seven plus and i think it does oh. get better the more i talk about it i mean yeah supplements podcasting a criterion close-up usually increases mm-hmm. my <laughs> yeah my estimation of a film De- definitely um, here even though yeah, yeah. uh well, we are skiing on the same slope t- together. I know. Look at that. <laughs> Very yeah, we're, slowly. We're, 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 like we're the, racing to the bottom. <laughs> yes, we're like that one scene, which is a beautiful scene where they're uh, just kind of uh, leisurely skiing, which yeah. I, I also like oh, that right. contrast, too, that uh, you yeah. have, have the, it's it's a sport, but it's not. So it, it's, a, it's a hobby, as you know, from the people that go up to, uh, to was it? Low or what was that town near you? Oh, Stowe. Stowe, yeah. Stowe. Stowe. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot lots of, of others. Yeah, a lot of mountains. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I, I I agree with you. I think it's good that they capture that, and it's just beautiful uh, cinematography. Just a well, mm-hmm. I guess I just had to really more of a the 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 time and place uh, that they captured that. And uh, yeah, I I like the film. I mean, it's a it's unique. 
definitely a unique film, especially for sports. Uh, has that? I mean, I had to think of uh, some of the other f- films we've talked about with, uh, you know, like Don't Look Back, where this is not, it it's almost looks like a documentary uh, mixed with uh, fiction, but you could say cinema verite style, maybe again, it's uh, uh, certainly yeah, not def- your... Yeah, definitely documentary you know, style for sure. Yeah. That's Yeah, I think that's what it has going for it, so. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, All could, right. um, I, I, I think without that, without the cinematography and that kind of style, it would have been even a lower uh, rating for me, but... Yeah, and 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 I think that some of the character exploration and the sport. Uh, this is a movie I could rewatch, but you know I'm I'm not gonna get like you know if I if you rewatch Uncle Boon Me, <laughs> right. you're probably gonna get a little bit more out of it than Downhill Racer. Downhill Racer yep. is well done, but it's mostly entertainment. Yep, entertainment yep. and is, some ca- character study. Yeah, so right. And it's about winning. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. <laughs> was <laughs> That's that right. Lombardi or was that the, Yogi Berra? Yep. I forget. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think it maybe it was Bear. I can't remember. <laughs> My wife just shouted Lombardi. I, we'll, oh, nice! I'll find nice. out if the mic picked it up. <laughs> nice, nice football reference. Thanks, honey. So, <laughs> so how about the uh, how about the supplements? Uh, there are there's not a lot of supplements here, although they uh, I don't want to say they're longer, but uh, kind of kind of rich. I enjoyed them. Uh, which one did you want to talk about, Aaron? The uh, the second one, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I, I we kind of touched on it already. Uh, the second one. The second one had uh, Walter Koblenz, the production manager. It had uh, the editor, Richard Harris. Yeah. Uh, and it had the guy we've already mentioned, Joe J. Jalbert. 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 Sounds like a, he could be in Les Miserables. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, he, uh But yeah, and, and I did en- enjoy hearing from the editor and the production manager. They had nice tidbits. But yeah, uh, hearing from Jal- Jalbert, Jalbert, however you say it, I'm I'm saying Jalbert from here on out. <laughs> yeah, it's the American uh, version. Yeah, that's right. Um, he his stories were fascinating, and so yeah. I I really really liked the supplement uh, and just him sharing his experiences because you know he's not a film guy. He's right. He was an athlete, uh, and uh, and and he also had a different perspective. You know, talking about the the speed. You know, he he's like uh, they they can't you can't fake the speed. Uh, yep. And he talked about his falls. I already mentioned he got $500 a fall. So I think every single one of his falls, well, maybe not every single one, but quite a few were uh, were him. I'm sure he had a lot of uh, R&R after, <laughs> after, yeah. after the rap. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's, uh, I, I think it actually gets to another supplement that shows, actually shows what he was doing, you know, just skiing next to um, the, you know, the, at, well, the actors, I guess. Sure. Uh, the how fast? Know, with, with the camera. Yeah. That that little short, uh, uh, it was really a featurette, but yeah, that that right. was interesting. So yeah, I enjoyed his take. Uh, a little on the long side for interviews, thirty minutes. I, I th- yeah. I'm pretty sure these were ported from the DVD as well, uh, since it's a, a recent upgrade. Right. Uh, so you want to talk some Redford, sir? Yeah, and you're right. I think both of these from 2009, which is when the the DVD uh, originally was released from Criterion, and yeah, the other uh, supplements just called Redford and Salter. Uh, they don't really seem to name these supplements like they they do now sometimes. Right. But <laughs> um, yeah, Redford, and then the um, the screenwriter James Salter. So and he he does get into it. I, it's an interesting interview with with the two of them. I like how you know Redford you get into his head about how getting this film made. We talked about some of it, you know, how people wanted to have uh, he'd gotten some success with Barefoot in the Park and folks wanted to or the studio wanted to get him 
as the uh, Cassavetti's character in Rosemary's Baby. Right, but right. he really, you know, he wanted to get into filmmaking as well as uh, his acting and, and produce some films and do Downhill Racer. That's what he wanted to do. So they kind of, between him and Polanski, they did split off. Um, so, and it's, you mm-hmm. get into some of how, you know, the, the, how he um, sold the film, you know, the 14 minutes of crashes I mentioned, it was $2 million. Um, and you do get, uh, you know, Salter talking about the writing of a film and how a, a lot of it was, well, there were some additions as we had mentioned before, you know, like the um, um, Hackman, you know, selling the the team. And he, he does step back a little bit and say how, you know, he wasn't happy with the uh, the producer saying, you know, just go out and knock out a, a script and we'll shoot it, <laughs> you know, but he does understand that the script is a blueprint for the film. And, you know, once it's it's written, his job is you know, kind of done, uh, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. I but, thought he uh, was gracious about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, you can't, yeah. that doesn't always work. <laughs> go right. go not out, knock out a script. Uh, exhibit A, Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, yeah. I, well, we also... Today, Redford is a big star. Well, today, mm-hmm. 2009, still, uh, he's been a big star for decades now. And Absolutely. Like him, love him or hate him, he is a major, major figure, important figure in film. So uh, he's a good get for Criterion, uh, and I, yeah. I th- think it's interesting that he took the time to reflect on this film. And I think this film, I tell you, definitely meant a lot to him. Yeah, and I, important I, for him. Yeah. I did. I enjoyed hearing his, uh, you know, his actually hashing out some of the themes that we talked about, you know, talk about, you right. know, like, like the horn pressing scene and, and little right. things about the character, uh, uh, you know, is how inarticulate he was. Uh, um, and, and also how, how they really weren't trying to make a skiing movie. They, they didn't really understand skiing, but they, uh, they pulled it off pretty well. A lot of, yeah. ski, like we mentioned, a lot of skiers love it. So. Yeah. Yeah. They, they followed, uh, the, you know, the, the U S team, um, during the, uh, one of the Olympic, um, I forget when it was. Oh, the in Grenoble, France, 1968. Right, uh, right. Followed the team around there to kind of get a sense of the ski racers' live lives. And I wondered about that. You know, how do they really capture that? And they they do a do a good job of it. I think. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, good supplements. Short. You're right. I didn't watch the AFI thing because uh, it's right. audio only, and and those are always, you know, you have this big screen TV and. Uh, an hour of audio. <laughs> right. I'm yeah, I, I kind of put it on the, the background a little bit, but, you know, it didn't really key into that much. He did get into, like, the, you know, the Bad News Bears and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know, maybe like listening to a commentary or something. But, sure, you know, not, sure. not, necess- not, not essential, I should say. Maybe I need to so. get a, a, somehow find a way to not watch these always in my film, ge- film geek man cave because right. I, I can't do it, you know, I can't clean the house from just that room. I guess I could clean that room, but, uh, yeah. Well, uh, Hey, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're selling point for dual format. You know, if you can't you have go. a Blu-ray player in every room, it's go. just easier sometimes to play a DVD. So yeah, let's get bl- dual format back. Although I think I'd have to clean that room a few times, uh, over the amount of commentaries and, uh, I, I do, right. I, I like the commentaries, but the amount of audio only uh, things. So, uh, stuff, maybe yeah, that's actually sure. a good idea. So yeah, let's do it. So what about a criterion rating? What would you give it overall? I'm going to actually boost it a little bit, which I'm surprised because I, when I looked at the, the number of supplements, it seems sparse, yep. but they they really do help the film. And, and they, Absolutely. And I think we bo- they both, uh, they influence our appreciation of it. I can tell that the same was true for you too. So I'm, I'm going to bump it up to a 7.5. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. not it's not stacked, but the the uh, supplements were appropriate and uh, and beneficial. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, and I, I remember Scott and I so appropriately talking about how, you know, when we talk about supplements, we have to talk about what we don't get versus what we get. <laughs> um, you know, when we talked about a brighter summer day, and that's true. And, you know, the, but, you know, so there's no commentaries and, uh, you know, we don't get, we get some of Michael Ritchie, but of course he'd passed at this point. Sure. So we don't get an interview with him, but we do get a couple of really nice, you know, an hour, hours worth of the two features that we talked about. So it, it's nice. And I, I'm there with you. I'll, I'll just, I'll probably, I'll, I'll go with a, a seven also, like my, my film rating is just another solid mm-hmm. release. I, I would say, you know, this was one that was, I think, just ported from the DVD. I don't think there was a new transfer. It was just the, right. you know, the the same digital transfer from 2009. And uh, it was made from, a, you know, not the original camera negative. So you know, it would have been nice to kind of get a, a new print of it. I remember some of the scenes early on looked kind of grainy. And I know mm-hmm. some of it was oh, sure. done in, in 16 millimeter versus 35. Um, but you no, know, it's a solid, solid release. It still looks great on your mm-hmm. HD TV uh, for sure. It's a well worth picking up. And even though it's it's a, a good movie, a good selection for Criterion, it's probably not. It doesn't have the panache to really justify you know five hours of extras right. and the reissue yeah. and and this ultra HD 4K scan. Well, they don't do ultra HD, but you know what I mean. Right. So uh, I I think. It's worth owning and definitely worth watching, but it, you're not going to, it's not Seven Samurai. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the timing's good too. I mean, I, I know it's kind of a happy accident that we picked this around the time of the Olympics, but, you know, if you're interested in that kind of story, uh, now's the time to watch it. Yeah. For sure. Not canonizing it, but, uh, nope. but I do like it. Yeah. Same here. So that's Downhill Racer. Uh, Good film. Uh, I, we're both mm-hmm. positive on it. Maybe even more positive than we we originally thought. Yeah, we're both uh, we're both in, in agreement too. We uh, we got to cut that out. out. I know. We got to fight, we man. Find something that we disagree about. <laughs> I'm sure we will someday, but we're someday. not really we're not really fighting people. <laughs> nope. We're too nope. respectful. So, Darn it. That's right. I know. Kind, kind, uh, kind gentlemen. We are kind gentlemen. Says. Yes. <laughs> Th- that was Scott Pollard. Thank you, Scott, for saying <laughs> thank that. Thank you, Scott. Uh, thank you for believing that the lie. <laughs> the lies. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah. We have our moments. <laughs> So that's Criterion Close-Up. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We just have a couple plugs. So we could use some more iTunes reviews. Uh, tell a friend and send us some feedback. We love the email mm-hmm. feedback. Uh, have gotten some of, of late. Uh, send us some some tweets and some. Uh, we've seen some increased traffic on Facebook. That's been really nice to see. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. And if you've recently liked the show or just recently coming to the show, we'd love to hear what you think um, mm-hmm. you know, about us. So send us send us a tweet at Criterion. See you. Uh, send us a uh, write a comment on one of the show posts at uh, you know, Facebook slash Criterion Close Up, and you can email us at feedback at criterioncloseup.com. And Aaron, if, any, if anybody out there thinks Ryan Lochte is smart, you better tweet us. <laughs> <laughs> we need your reactions. We need we need your jab. That's his thing. Jab. I don't get it. Uh, I, well, uh, Twitter. I'm a west five hundred five. I think it's important to say that I important. I was on the newsstand with uh, Criterion Cast, and we talked about the November releases. Uh, we're actually almost to December again. Uh, I don't look at that full circle. Time flies, but uh, so I, I talked with Ryan and Keith Enright, and uh, we had a good discussion. I don't know if that episode is out yet. <laughs> when this episode comes out, it's always you know a day or two before or after, but. Um, Keep an eye out for that. I, I think we had a good discussion. Now, just I guess briefly, what do you think of the uh, November releases? Well, I the the thing that bubbles up to the top for me is I'm just excited to get PTA in the PTA, collection. PTA, PTA. You know? 
<laughs> it's you know it's it's like a hope, hopefully that is that is a slippery slope that uh, I hope Criterion goes down. It's it made so much sense too. I mean, if Criterion's going to put something out uh, that the studio has you know th- no Blu-ray for Punch Drunk Love, this will be the right. first one. So I know, yeah. Great great work on picking that up and excited for the other ones too. I mean, I'm not familiar with One Eye Jacks, but you know Marlon Brando. Uh, directed that'll be great i i like squid and the whale that one hits pretty close to home we knew that was coming out and of course i I haven't seen dreams but i've just heard beautiful things that should be just a gorgeous uh film to see um you know late akira kurosawa and uh of course lone wolf and cub i was a a lone wolf and cub uh reader back in the day that was one of the comics i got into so i'm really looking forward to i've never seen the film so that'll be fun to delve into those films well guess what we touched on that on the, uh, the newsstand. So, for nice. my opinion, tune in there. Uh, I, I will say, hey, I'm happy for Adam Sandler. Guy can't yeah. catch a break. Yeah. I mean, one of the unluckiest men in Hollywood. <laughs> 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 now he's in the Criterion Collection. Now he's in the collection. Lucky Adam. And I, I should mention, we've been within a couple feet of Adam Sandler. And I, my wife reminds me, I, I told her not to say anything. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't bother celebrities. That's my... Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. he, didn't, so. he didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> right. Adam Sandler is probably not going to take you out for a game of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. All right, what's next? Oh, Criterion right. Close-Up. Um, oh, yeah, well, so your plug, got, uh, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, well, folks can find me on Twitter, at Mark Herney, H-U-R-N-E, and Letterboxd, the same place. So look forward to that. Uh, and next, uh, our next show will be delving into the behemoth box set, the uh, 25 films of uh, Zetoichi. Zetoichi. And I, <laughs> I should actually mention, we got some corrections. We had said we'd never done a Japanese film. We had technically done Lady Snowblood and technically done House. Right. But do either of those really count? Uh, one was an easy episode. One was right. a audio bleh. issue episode. Yeah. And yeah. guess and what? It, it, Oh, never done one of the biggies either. You know, never done a Kurosawa or you know. So someday, we'll, Zanuichi we'll is soon. is not a Kurosawa. Just, <laughs> but uh, and I should actually uh, give a little tease. We are coming back to house in a really cool way. Yes. So uh, keep keep uh, posted. Hosu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff. So Zanuichi coming up next. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Criterion Close-Up. We'll talk to you soon. Let's uh, ski these slopes down. Yeah. Uh, let's. <laughs> let's. That's my, that's my skiing. I, I don't know skiing enough to, to find a good out, uh, outro analogy. So we're listening to Ben Modell's music. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs>